Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. best part about being a ninja? The gear. It's the nunchucks, the katanas, the throwing stars. It's the same for choir ninjas. The difference between an ordinary and a masterful performance may come down to your most basic and essential piece of equipment, your music folder. My Music Folders creates a superior product, and they do it with a smile. And because they are friends of the podcast, they have a killer deal for you right now. Get the bulk purchase price break without having to buy in bulk. So whether you have to restock your entire classroom or you just need to replace a few folders, you will get the best possible pricing on the best possible product. So like a ninja, sneak on over to MyMusicFolders.com and use the code NINJA when you check out. Today's episode is brought to you by SightReadingFactory.com. Do you hate teaching sight singing? Do you have a carbon footprint the size of Sasquatch because you run off endless sheets of sight singing examples only to hear your students groan in agony when it's time to sight sing in rehearsal? SightReadingFactory.com is a web-based tool that will compose custom sight reading examples based on specifications that you choose. Your choir will actually enjoy sight singing and so will you. Plus, you will get back hours of your life and finally feel like the choir ninja you were destined to be. If that isn't cool enough, you can add student accounts that link directly to your teacher dashboard so your kids can practice or even take recorded assessments from home. As a sponsor of this show, SightReadingFactory.com has an exclusive deal just for you, Choir Nation. When you purchase their insanely affordable one-year subscription, you will unlock 10 free student accounts just for using the promo code NINJA at checkout. That's Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. So head over to SightReadingFactory.com. That's SightReadingFactory.com. And don't forget to use the promo code Ninja at checkout to unlock your 10 student accounts absolutely free. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast. And I am very delighted to have with me today Denise Eaton for the third time. If you haven't listened to Denise's episodes uh, earlier, you got to go back. You need to go back. Uh, we, we took apart uh, the how to teach a piece, um, systematic rehearsal, and it was awesome. Uh, it's a toolbox. They were toolbox episodes uh, that you need to go back and, and listen to. So um, go to choir.ninja and type in Denise and you will uh, you will find it there on the website uh, or just search it in your podcast player. Just search Denise in the Choir Ninja podcast and you will find those. Uh, but here's another one for you. I'm so happy that she's back. Uh, just a, a couple weeks before I get to see her in San Antonio at TMEA, which is awesome. Uh, today, we are going to jump into self-reflection, um, looking at habits that are potentially ineffective for you, things that are holding you back, um, reaching your choir's potential, uh, and sort of uh, assessing whether that's the case. Um and sort of the, the Play-Doh factory in which you squeeze your choir's tone through. Are you, are you using the same dye in your Play-Doh factory every time uh, your choir opens their mouths? So um, I just made that up, so I'm not even sure that, whether that's even relevant or not. But I thought Play-Doh factory was fun to think about. But uh, so, Denise, <laughs> thank you for being here uh, once again on the Choir Ninja podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Ryan. I really do appreciate it. It's great to be back. Thanks. Hey, well, did you, did you like that Play-Doh Factory thing? Is that did that make sense to you? Oh, I, I think that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, especially okay. if you're a little bit younger and you've been playing with it. Yeah, I'll the tie is important. I'll take it that. Change with time. I'll take that lukewarm <laughs> endorsement of my analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, so uh, Denise, you recently. Uh, wrote a blog post. This is kind of epic. I mean, epic meaning big uh, blog post um, called Teaching with the End in Mind. And you you, you put it up 
um, at your Briley Music uh, page, I, if if I remember correctly, and we shared it. Uh-huh. We shared it on uh, Choir Nation. Of course, um, Choir Nation. You should know Denise Eaton is uh, the editor in chief, choral editor for Briley Music. And w- what is what is Briley part of? Well, um, also for Carl Fisher. I'm Carl Fisher. For Carl Fisher and Briley Music. Are they are they um, one yeah. and the same? No, they're different choral catalogs with um, with unique features. So, um, yeah, but all all for what I consider to be um, developing and secondary um, level up through college. Okay, especially in Carl Fisher. But yeah, okay. And the whole the whole the whole purpose of this was really kind of thinking about laying the foundation for repertoire selection and performance. As I know, everyone's starting to kick into assessment and festival season this semester. And so thank you for actually blogging something valuable. I mean, this is like, this is, I don't know why this is so hard for people to grasp, but like if you're selling something, you know, like music or anything and you're blogging, you know, you don't just put on the blog, this is the new thing we're selling. You put on the blog things that actually help people. And so when when you wrote this, this was something that was very, very helpful, and it got shared in the Choir Nation Facebook group. And you also used the terminology "choir ninjas" in there, which I, I, I appreciate. I took that, I took that, uh, and it gave me the warm feelies inside. So I, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Everything I publish, I look at through the lens of the learner and through the lens of the teacher. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I could like say, hey, or buy this. This is a great piece for your three-part mixed choir. But I don't know your three-part mixed choir. It's true. I just know, I just know that what it takes to teach that three-part mixed piece. Right, and and you know what? By by sharing your wisdom, your twenty-eight years of of experience teaching high school and and in college and 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 all that all that stuff, you're you're putting this out to the world you're sharing here on the podcast you're you're creating you know you're putting out value first and that's what i really appreciate about you denise is that is that you know that you need to to offer value which allows people to come and eventually learn to trust you as an advisor for them and um and they're going to want to they're going to want to see what what Carl Fisher and Briley is up to because Denise Eaton works there, you know? And so I think it's this, this value first model, which I, which I love. And uh, so, so today we are delving into self-reflection. I want to, we'll start there. Ineffective habits, things that might be holding you back, reaching your choir's potential, um, and then making sure that everything that you, you do in, in, in class has uh, the certain tone filter that you've chosen and to, and to be consistent with. Um, so, and we can, we can correct any of my assumptions along the way if we need to, but so let's, let's start with, you know, self self reflection and ha- how important that is for the choral director. Well, I, I, I think first of all, if we, if we don't daily, and weekly and monthly and annually reflect on where we are, assess what we've been doing, and be ready to plan or to make change. I, I don't know how we can ever improve in, in this ever-changing uh, profession, which is so challenging as it is. And the honest reflection, you know, um, the greater the artist, the greater the self-doubt so we all have a great deal of self-doubt, but the more the more we're willing to honestly reflect about what we're doing and how we're doing it, I, I don't know how else you can make change or set goals. You know um, that, that's true, Denise, and and I and the thing is, and I know that you know some of Choir Nation could be rolling their eyes right now and saying, "Of course we should reflect," right? But the problem is, is putting it into practice is like yes. From a conceptually, you need to to be reflecting, and I I have I struggle with this myself in my own in my own day to day life in in my in my business and my profession is that when you go 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 and you're doing 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 and you're working you're working in your choir, you know you're never able to, to take a to step a step back 
and and look from the outside. It's like you're in a washing machine all the time when you should be taking a portion of your time and, you know, looking through looking from the outside through the glass and watching the th- watching the the thing spin around, you know. Um Yeah. I, I think it's so important and it and and if we don't do that, especially like after a rehearsal that just you know, I'm sure we've all had those rehearsals in our mind. It was going to be awesome. You had a great plan. You were going to execute it. You knew how you were going to do it. And it just completely fell apart. And so those to me are the best moments, though, for learning. I can remember actually saying out loud to my choir, in my mind, you learned this already. You know, I'm looking at my lesson plan and how I was going to teach it, and I thought it was going to work. Well, if we're not willing to go, okay, now wait, what went wrong here? Mm-hmm. Was my plan bad? Was my execution bad? Were they bad? Was it a combination of all those things? Did I try to go too fast? Did I, you know, just all of that. And we have to be willing to do that with just about everything we're doing. Is, is really the default, that much time. Is, is the default, um, you know, uh, response to a, a rehearsal that falls apart, owning it as the choral director I, I always, I, I think you have to, I, you know, we're in charge. We we determine the weather and the rehearsal. So I really do believe that if, if it does fall apart, if we're not willing to say, you know what, if we don't look to ourselves first, I don't think we can ever improve. I just don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's days when my kids like didn't do well. They didn't work hard. But, but 99% of the time when the rehearsal goes bad, it's me. Yeah. Well, it's very easy to see, to see, you know, people post online, you know, on Facebook and, you know, other groups besides Choir Nation because Choir Nation is awesome. But you you see like, I had the worst rehearsal today and my kids were so terrible and blah, 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 blah. What do I do? Right. And like the first response, the first response, the one that gets the most likes and hearts and happy faces and everything should be, well, I don't know. Own it, <laughs> you yeah. know, and then and then you know, it, it, and it helps you change the question. The question is like, I thought I had it together, right? I thought I had it together, and obviously I didn't. Here's what happened. How could I change? Right, and so then that's that kind of directly rele- leads into identifying ineffective habits or practices. Um, and as we were speaking right before we started this. We all have ineffective things uh, in our relationships, the way we act. Uh, we definitely, we do in our teaching practices. I'm, um, I think we can get very, very caught up in routine that perhaps is not well thought out, is not systematic. We just do it. Sometimes we do unto others as was done unto us. You know, my teacher used to do it this way, so this is the way I'm going to do it, by golly, and I'm not changing. Right. But it's not effective. It's not effective. Right. So first, you know, we're going to open, we're going to open uh, a new piece of music and we're going to count sing it. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going, right. We're going to, then we're going to, we're going to take away the consonants and sing everything on vowels. Like, okay, well, right. But what, like, why are you doing that? Right. And, and I guess for some people it's because that was the exact literal sequence that, our, my college director used every single time, right. whether it was appropriate or not, or, or whatever, right? And so you just, you just, right? Like that, what was the quote you just said? You do unto others as was done unto you. Is done that, unto you. Yeah. 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 But like, why? <laughs> you right? Exactly. And you know, when I taught choral methods, it was so, I, I taught it for five years. Well, I taught it really for seven years, two while I was still teaching, though. And what I found was it really made me. <clears throat> When you're, when you're telling kids what to do, it really makes you examine why you're doing it. And I, that's when I realized it's so important that the choir has an understanding of the function of everything you're doing as well. So if you can't tell your choir, we're doing this warm-up because, or better yet, ask your choir, why would we be doing this warm-up? Oh, yeah. Then... The warm-up pro- clearly doesn't have the function that you need. That's a bullet so, point right there. If if your choir doesn't know why you're doing something, right? You right. you eventually want to achieve that level of mastery as a director that your choir your when you ask that question, your choir no does really know why 
this thing is important because it'll make the rehearsal more important to them too. Well, yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. It's like, you know, she's not wasting her time, you know? Um, and I think I really do believe that, and it's not easy to do when you're first starting off. So like, if you're listening to this and you're a first year teacher and you're struggling, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm laying hands on you through the year. Just hang in there to the end of the year. You got to get through the year to know what's coming yet next. This is not, this is, this is a grow as you go type concept. The more you can have function for everything you do and it's clear, it's clearly laid out. Clearly, the more the students are going to learn, the more success you're going to have. Right. It just takes time to figure that out. I hope it's okay that I interjected that because I'm thinking about the the um, posts I read online. People are like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And I just want to go just hang in there. Right. You're getting through the year. Get through the year. Well, yeah, grow as you go. Fake it till mm-hmm. you make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really true because because I guess at the same time you're also having to walk in and like be an authority in the room, and mm-hmm. and you don't want people like, oh well, she doesn't she doesn't know she doesn't know what she's doing. You know, you can't ever you can't ever let somebody on can't, that yeah, you that, that you don't quite know what you're doing. <laughs> so you got to kind of sell it. You got to sell it for a year, True. whether it makes sense or not, but at least get through it, you know? So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then uh, kind of like tying onto that. So, what am I doing that might be holding my choir back? What's holding me back? And the hardest thing is the C word change. Make change. And maybe it's just one thing that you change, but you make change. You identify it and you make change. We ask our students to make change all the time. That's true. We're doing a warm up. You know, the I need more um, lift of your palate in the ah vowel. Can you make your o? Can you make your lips look more like a donut when you sing that o vowel? We're constantly requiring our students to make change and to assess. Hmm. We have to do the same thing. We, yeah, we act. We ask for our choirs to change exponentially more mm-hmm. than we would ever ask mm-hmm. ourselves to make a change. It's mm-hmm. a great point. That's a it's a huge point. You know, so right, if if we're asking them to reflect, just going back to your very first point, if we're asking the choirs to reflect after they sing a phrase, we need to also ask ourselves to reflect after we teach a phrase. Exactly. And did did I teach the phrase? Did you know how did I teach the phrase? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, so, yeah, this is, <laughs> no, this I mean, is, this is huge. It sounds so basic, but it really, but you know, really when you get down to it, I think it really, everything we do, you have to go down to the basics, the very basics of it. Were the vowels, were the vowels homogenous? Um, was, was the tone appropriate? Did the phrase have direction? Those are basics. Yeah. And it, and it probably takes, it probably takes less you know, it's less challenging repertoire um, in order to in order yeah. to, to really solidify those concepts because you know we come out and we I mean it's it comes up in like forty percent of every episode that we do, which is I was very ambitious when I first started, you know, and it's yeah. like I needed to do whatever we did in college with my high school choir, and truth of the matter is, like, wouldn't you as somebody, you know, Denise? Former president of TMEA, you know, adjudicator extraordinaire, you know, choral educator, you know, editor. Like, wouldn't you rather have a choir come to you that is exquisite and all these things on on low level repertoire, you know, and watch well, them work this, up? And okay, low low is is a relative term. I think it's I I would rather her artistry and simplicity mm-hmm. than lack of clarity and difficulty. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess low level really isn't the word, but I, yeah, I mean like simpler repertoire, but right. executed well, more beautifully. Right. And, and I think the other C word I would say is people say, they say all the time, but I want to challenge my students. Yeah. Well, there's gotta be balance in the challenge. I think that's, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, my choir is not very good at language, but I'm programming two pieces in a foreign language. And that's going to add an extra two weeks per song for the foreign language. And, you know, they just drill and kill and pound to try to get all the pitches and rhythms taught. And there's just, 
just over over programming without thinking about what it's going to take to get where it needs to get. So I guess that um, reflection, the reflection that you do probably needs to be preceded by proper proper planning <laughs> because because you know you'll be reflecting you know and be, you'll be pretty tough on yourself if you if you don't plan well enough and you and you add all these complicated elements to to your program and that you don't have time to complete well um so you're going to be you're just you're going to be in a self-pity cycle pretty soon at the end yeah and it really kind of i mean could be another whole podcast or 10 um on choosing appropriate repertoire for your choir with the balance in mind Mm -hmm. of what concepts you need to teach where they are challenging them within the framework of that repertoire good repertoire choices yeah um and i i i love i love social media do not get me wrong when i say this but it just drives me crazy when i see best ssa choir piece go you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. You have no, I, you got no idea what, what you, my choir is like. You couldn't even tell exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You love that piece. Great. But uh, so I, I know, I know all these things take time and everyone, everyone stresses because I don't have time to look at music. Yeah, you do. You got to make the time to look at it. It's your textbook. That's it's the best textbook. part of your of of I, it is the best like, part. That's your create. That's where your creativity as a mm-hmm. as a director and programmer, you know, shine through. Is your choice. I mean, anybody can anybody can you know teach a bunch of you know any choral director that's worth their salt can teach a bunch of literature, you know. But the 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 real craftsman, you know, or woman, is the one that can take the entire catalog of choral repertoire throughout history and boil it down to eight to ten engaging pieces that have some type of flow to them that like it that's the whole i mean for me at least that's the beautiful part of being a choral director is stringing together a great program that is appropriate Mm -hmm. for your choir and stretches them just as much as they need to be stretched well, and, and teaches the concepts they need to teach that crescendo throughout the year from the fall to the festival season where concepts are being taught and skills are being developed and they're, they're growing um, proportionately and as they should with their level. Um, so that's kind of how I think about, I think of a crescendo in many ways. I think of it with the uh, skill development from the fall to the spring you know, what are you doing for that with the tone development? And I, we talked about that earlier for at the beginning of the rehearsal to the end of the rehearsal that you're always building through these, uh, these ideas. It's the same idea. We're always building towards something. So what are you building toward? Well, that's where the reflection comes in. That's where, that's where it really comes in. What do I need to teach? How am I going to teach it? What music am I going to use to teach it? And I got to have a plan with the music I choose. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, reaching your choir's potential. Um, I mean, how do you, uh, is there a measure for this is, (laughs) this is my choir's potential and am I re I mean, and, and is there a, is there a pretest for potential? You know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just know I've had some very, what I consider to be average choirs at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. that were spectacular by the end of the year. Now the key ingredients in that of course, are kids that are willing to work hard repertoire that fits their voices and takes them, like I say, crescendoing through the year, Mm -hmm. um, develops their skill, daily skill building, sight reading, rhythm development, um, all those things factor in. Sure. So I don't know that there's, a, I don't know what the answer would be for, for that question. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one, I guess one thing to point out is that, you know, my choir, right. My choir means the choir that's in front of me at, 
at the time, right? Not like yes. my program's potential, not my choir throughout history, but the literal people that are sitting in front of me right now. So I guess you you probably have to zoom in on the micro level before, you know, to each individual and are they reaching their potential before you can zoom out and say, is my choir reaching their potential? And that's where that honest assessment comes in. You know, um, uh, my tenors are weak. Well, then you should never program anything that has DVC in the tenors because that's going to expose their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. My sopranos, I don't have good second sopranos. Don't do DVC. You know, just there's so many really basic things um, when it comes to repertoire as far as that goes, too. Right. You got to know your choir right there. You got to know your choir. Yeah. And, Has somebody written you know, that book yet? <laughs> is that a book? No, it should be. Really. You know, and this is another thing. People, um, they say, my basses aren't very good. Well, they'll pick a madrigal that has the fastest harmonic rhythms there are. Where is it? In the bass part. You know, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I know that in your mind this madrigal was not hard. But look at the bass part, and that's where your weakest section is. Right. So, yeah, you look at it and, and say, overall, this is not too terrible of a madrigal for me to program. But if you zoom in, right, you, you have to zoom right. in to that individual section and say, "This is I'm I, I I know the whole thing's not is pretty simple, but this is not appropriate for my choir." For your because your bases aren't good enough base, to be able right. to negotiate fast intervals in tune. It's always the bases, yeah. It's always well, the bases. it can be. You know, I used to say "base" was a was a four letter word in some of my rehearsals. Base. <laughs> Bless their hearts. I know. I know. Oh. I know. So, yeah, I think I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head. And of course, here's the thing: you got to have detailed lesson plans, and everybody hates that. And it all starts with score study, and everybody hates that more. But I don't know how you do any of these things unless you've thought it out. Not just I mean, my lesson plans when I first started off were just hideous. I mean, I didn't make a lesson plan for seven years, and. They were, my class was like that. I felt like I was spinning my wheels, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd get done and I was like, well, I got through it, but I didn't feel good about it. Right. Then I started like really, okay, what am I going to teach? Okay. I want to teach this section here and it repeats over here. Now, how am I going to teach it? Yeah, you have to do lesson plans anyway, because most most schools are make you either do them or submit them or have them available for review. So you might as well make the most of it and make it like good. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is what I learned when I started like writing it out, okay, how am I going to teach these eight measures here? And they repeat over here and over here. How am I going to do it? What's going to be my system for doing it? Yeah. And think it through. And and that's what I'm talking about teaching with the end in mind. Think it through. How am I going to get to this and play it out in your mind? How does it work? Well, first of all, can you sing all the parts? There you go right there. Can you play the can you play the first soprano part and sing the tenor part? Right just doing that right there will determine exactly how you're gonna teach something or not. Mm-hmm. You'll find the pitfalls in it right out of the chute. This is gonna be hard when they have to do it. How will I teach it then? So that's what I'm talking about when I say score study. You've just gotta not just write in your soulfish syllables for everybody's part. You've got to know how it all fits together. And mostly, I guess here it is. How does it feel to be the singer? And that's that's where you learn how to teach it because you've got to be on the other side you through the lens of the learner. How, how are your kids going to learn this? What is this going to feel like for that sophomore tenor to try to do this, sing this part when it's going against the alto and the alto is jumping into a dissonance and cross-voicing? And so how are you going to do that? Man, uh, I, I'm just thinking about the number. What is the? I wonder what the percentage of choral directors is that actually enjoys score study. Oh my God, it's my favorite thing in the whole wide right. world. Well, which is why you're good patterns. at. You know, you're good at being a <laughs> choir director. But like, honestly, I, I'm thinking back. You know, to to when I was, you know, directing full time. I, and it was I didn't like it that much. I mean, it's it, that's not, it doesn't, and I know it's important, you know. And I feel like you either need to be a great at score study, or or you need to be so far on the other end of the spectrum, like 
charismatic or something that people just want to work for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we know in this day and age that's not going to happen because we are not Google. We are not an iPhone. We are not entertainment. Right. It's true. And that's what's, it's true. And the thing about score study, though, that is really not as complicated as people think it is, is you start seeing patterns both rhythmically and melodically. And you, you start thinking, oh, how would I teach that? And so think, you just your brain just starts um, coming up with new ideas and different things as you look at the music. And when you sing it, it totally changes everything. And it really is not that hard. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not teaching. Um, this is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Science. I mean, I, I taught, so it's not rocket science. Lord knows, I'm not. I'm not that smart. But it, it, with a little bit of time and less dread, and perhaps a glass of Pinot Noir while you're doing it. I don't know. But with that time, it just the the dividends that it oh, yeah. pays are are beyond. And so when you get a little bit of taste of that, sure. you're like, going, Oh my God, they picked this up. I mean, rehearsal went da da bada bing, bada bing, bada bing. Yeah. Then you just like want to do it all the time. It's funny. You, 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 the, the, the one place and, and it was without fail, you know, I could avoid score study as much as I wanted to, but the one place it always hit me that it was a good idea was when my choir was like, can you make some practice tracks for this? Uh-huh. And you were like forced to like to sit down and play, you know, play out parts, play out parts together or whatever and go. And then you start realizing, look at that pattern. Oh, look at that pattern. Oh, look, I could cut my rehearsal time 80 percent if I just focused on this, this and this. You know, and you realize that making practice tapes. So, oh, that's yeah, really, that was your score study. The time the time you spent making practice tapes was the time you could have been doing the score study. Right, exactly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it, it, I know that score study probably doesn't appeal to everyone who's listening right now. And I'll tell you, it doesn't appeal to me because uh, this is. Well, it didn't to me either. You know, till, are you an I introverted person? Some, am I what? Are you an introverted person or an extroverted person? It's weird. People think that I'm extroverted because I'm, I seem confident on the exterior, Mm -hmm. but I can't tell you, like when I'm at a convention, I just want to go back to my room. I do not want to be around people, you know, after I've been around people all day. So I think I'm kind of, I think I'm, I think I am introverted. So I wonder, so there's, there's this, you have to be, you have to like sitting I think to be a great musician for whatever reason, and this could be a pianist, violinist, choral musician or whatnot, I feel like you have to be willing to sit by yourself for long mm-hmm. periods of time, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so there's that, right? And so I know for our, us extroverted people out there, whoop, whoop, um, that that's hard. That's very hard to you know score study or practicing piano or whatever you need to do to get get past your juries at, in college or, or whatever is is a lot of time in isolation, and that's hard. Um, and it's and then but you also have to be a leader, you know. So you also have to be willing to like to you know lead the troops and and motivate and probably interject yourself into situations when you'd probably rather not, you know, I don't know, be home drinking your Pinot Noir or whatever. So like you have to have like both sides. There's this like crazy introvert extrovert thing that you kind of have to be in order to be like really good at this job. Well, yeah, true. Because when I'm teaching, I'm a different human being. There's just like, I mean, I could be sick and it's the second I start teaching. It's like, I forget that I'm sick. You flip a switch. I can be running. It is. It's just like I'm on. I have an on and an off switch when I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's invigorating. It's exciting. Um, I, I don't know. I can't even explain that. But I do know, all I can say to this is after a few successful forays into the score study and then application of what I learned into teaching, I drank the Kool-Aid. And I was like, there's no other way for me to teach other than like this because – Right. The rehearsals ran. There was never a dull moment in rehearsal. It just went from task to task to task to task. The, the kids were always on task. 
um, there were no discipline problems. I mean, I, it was just so funny if someone said something to us, well, what did you do when kids did this? And I said, they didn't do it. <laughs> right. And then I got to thinking, then I thought, no, why didn't they do it? I mean, I had, I mean, I had some, I had some characters, toots mm-hmm. in my choirs. Um, they were not, I mean, I had some great kids and, and they were all great kids, but some of them were like, like really handfuls and out of control outside of my classroom. Right, but but, but for, if you were but engaged, in, they were engaged. They were engaged. Yeah. They were learning. They were developing skills. But most importantly, they were successful, and they felt they were a part of something good that was happening every day. This was a good place to be. And there's trust. When your students see that you have studied your score because you're like, okay, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. You stand. You hum. You da-da-da. You know, she's got a plan. Right. And when your kids see you have a plan and you know exactly what you want, their their respect just jumps up. Right, you're not going to get in their way. Yeah, you're well, not. Like, yeah. Imagine imagine a um, you know a preacher on Sunday morning that is winging it. I exactly. Mean, right. <laughs> has has no no um, reference verses. Um, you know, doesn't have a clue as to what's going on. That would not be that would not be very good for right. anybody. No one is putting money in that basket. That's right. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, right. So, like, I guess, why should you expect your choir to buy to buy in, you know, to what you're doing, if if you're if you're essentially winging it? Which is what I did. I mean, I stand before groups. You know, people go to AA meetings and they go raise their hand. Hello, my name is Denise. I'm an alcoholic. Well, I stand in front of groups and go, Hello, my name is Denise, and I used to wing it for seven years. <laughs> I was a winger. I'm a reformed winger. I'm not going to wing it anymore because when I'm just not, it's just not, it doesn't work. Um, it doesn't work. We're not giving our best as a teacher and we're certainly shortchanging our students. Mm. So, um, I, I mean, I just, I, I believe in this with all my heart, but again, I didn't start off like that. So, you know, I mean, I literally, I, I would just write down like just the title of a song, and I might like ask a smart alto, where'd we leave off in this song yesterday? And they said, okay, y'all turn to this measure here. I, I mean, it was just, it was awful. Now, was my choir okay? They were okay. I mean, you know, they did well. The parents clapped on the concerts, and we did well at, you know, UIL or festival or SESMA, whatever, whatever it's termed, wherever you live. But I knew when I went home, I had not been a very effective teacher. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, I almost quit teaching because I felt so ineffective. And then this one friend of mine looked at me and said, well, why don't you just try to get better? Wow. <laughs> That's a good idea. Wow. Brilliant. And seriously. Yeah. And so then different things started happening. So it, it grows though. And everything gets better with time. You just have to keep trying it. Just like your kids' skills increase, our skills incre- increase as we, as we score study more and we make more detailed lesson plans and we think about assessment and layering our skill and sequential teaching and all that kind of stuff. Creative, creative repetition. Um, if I could say anything uh, to a new teacher is repetition is your friend, but every time you repeat, there must be an objective to the rep to the repetition. Not not let just do it again. Okay, was that your best? Was that your best tone? Make it was that the most beautiful you can sing. Let's do it this time. Sing it the most beautiful you could sing. Mm-hmm. Did you do syllabic stress that time? Okay, let's do it again and add in your syllabic stress. Every form of repetition has a reason. Otherwise, they just go on autopilot. Yeah, no, it's true. And I and again, I, you're not hiding it. You're not hiding it. It's all out there. I can't get this. I can't get this buy-in stuff out of my head. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm backtracking just a little bit because I'm thinking about just the commonalities between being a good choral director and being a good, like literally anything, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and this is just probably being because, successful. right. Yeah. Being successful at anything comes from like, intentionality when you you know you you have the intention of of um i'm I'm just thinking like like date like back when i was dating right and i'm Mm -hmm. just not to get like super personal here but but like a, a date that went well versus a date that did not go well you put thought into it there was like right there was intention there like you Mm -hmm. went you went into it 
like you had been doing this your whole darn life, right? And it was like things, you know, because your date like can smell if you're not intentional. You know, they can true. smell if you're not confident. I think it's, it's, and so can acquire. Right, and so can you acquire. So it's like if you're out, it's all, I'm having all these epiphanies. Um, you're like the epiphany princess. I really appreciate this, Denise. Thank you. Because I have all these mm-hmm. epiphanies when you're on, when you're on the, uh, the podcast. But like if, if you come home after a bad rehearsal and you blame your choir and you don't make the change, I'm trying to sum everything up like in one, in one concise statement here, Denise. You come home from bad rehearsal, you blame your choir. You don't take responsibility for it. You don't make the changes necessary, which, would, might, which might be, I don't know, not winging it, score study, right, this and that. Then the next time you come come back to choir, and it doesn't go You've well. Digressed. It doesn't You've go well. Like you, you do it again, and then all of a sudden, just eats up your confidence to the point where you're like, "I don't think I should be doing this anymore." Whereas if you just flipped and you just said, "I'm going to be intentional about this. I'm going to jump into the score study." Because you were in the score study, it makes you more confident, which means that when you're confident in front of your choir, they're more confident and you don't have to beat down on them for not, I don't know, singing out or whatever, because they're singing out now because they're confident that you're confident. It's like, boom, you fixed everything. And it just came from being Flipping intentional. Flip, flip yeah. the switch. Yeah. Oh. You know, what's the state? You're, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. I- you're never staying the same. Yes. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And, you know, so that really segues into as well, like warm-ups. Do they, are they well-defined and do they have an intentional purpose? Yeah. I, I think um, one of my dearest friends who you should really have on, her name's Amy Oliban. She is, she's a brilliant teacher. She's one of the best teachers I've ever seen in my life, and she's so funny. But she one time said to my choir, um, I'm watching you warm up and you look like you're brushing your teeth. And that that stuck with me more than anything because do you know how many things you can do while you're brushing your teeth? A million things and you don't have to think about it. Right. You, you know, you know, you're yeah, oh, yeah. out, you know, you're starting the coffee. Yeah, you're starting your shower. You're walking around your house brushing your teeth. You can do all kinds of things. You're not thinking about it. Well, that's how I used to do warm ups. You know, here we go. We're going to do this. We did did not have a function and and never, ever, ever did I ask or explain to the kids what the function was of anything. Mm-hmm. And boy, when you start going, okay, I'm going to do two warmups and they're going to address, this one is going to address this and this is going to address this. They're both going to have good range extension. Um, they're both going to employ the following vowels. That is so much more effective than going through this daily litany of warmups where no one's engaged. Yeah, we had that. We had that. Um, I had that in college. I had one director that always just did the same warmups every day, and because and just and no one's engaged. Well, nobody cared. It was like, oh, okay, here comes the one. Okay, right. <laughs> you know? right. And and I think just like we we're talking about the other, thing, they should be sequential and they should be built. They should build. Right. And and here, here here's here's the main there's thing. If someone were to ask you what is your characteristic choral tone? In other words, that's a sound in your head for for any choir you teach. If you can't write out exactly what it is you want to hear, then I just say don't do warm-ups because how do you change sound if you don't know what the sound is in your head? That's that's true. So write out what your sound is. Put it tape it on um, the piano there, you know, look at that. Okay. Am I, am I hearing that in this warm up? If I'm not stop and tell them what you want, get them to do it. till you get it the way you want it? And then when you do your sight reading the first time through, you know, they kind of vomit through it. It's not all that great. So their tone isn't very good. Okay. We got the pitches and rhythms. Now let's put that warm up tone and we just were doing, let's put that in there. Even it me, even if it means doing it three or four times, because again, repetition is your friend. They're building their skill. You're you're putting the tone in. Now you're going to your piece of music, perhaps that all that was setting up. Same thing. So having that that is just as important as the score study. Because 
if you don't have that sound in your head, how do you? I, I just don't know how you do that. Right. I don't no, know it's how a, you warm it's, up. A, it's a mist. Yeah. It's a if they do. I, I, I've I once read like if you don't know if you don't have the sound in your mind's eye before before you ask your choir to make a sound. Mm-hmm. If if they make a beautiful sound, it was like a fluke. Like it was like it was. I, I'm not even saying it right, but like you have to know what you're shooting for, so that it, and and help can and if you're in your choir has to know what that sound is, or else if they make it, it's by accident. Right, and so here's here's a, a tool that that I think is underutilized. Record warm-ups once a week and your kids don't need to know about it it doesn't matter this is for you your list first of all is that the tone i want because i'm telling you when you're a young teacher your ears close up when you get in front of a group Mm -hmm. you just i I could never hear anything i was just happy they were doing what i was asking them to do Mm -hmm. i couldn't you know i i mean i just can remember thinking man they're doing great then i listened to the recording and it was like helium sucking chipmunks i'm like going oh my god how did i let that tone get by me you know what i mean right but 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 i i didn't have that tone in my head yet what i wanted so when you record now with all the technology and everything record your warm-ups listen listen for that sound is it there does that warm-up get it if it Mm -hmm. doesn't try another one sure and 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 i would really focus on just two or three warm-ups a week again that are good that are getting what you want because so that the kids can start getting them in their voice, you know, how important do you think it is for, and I, and I probably want to wrap it up with this one because we're, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're kind to choir nation uh, as far as okay. timing is concerned, but how important do you think it is for choral directors to listen to choral music? Uh, well, it's it's everything because that helps develop the sound. Right. So, you know, you listen to something and um, what do I like about it? What don't I like about it? What would I do if that was my choir to change that sound? Mm-hmm. How would I change it? Yeah. Um, you were, uh, here's the thing, too. Tone is always changing as we're changing. I mean, I my first choir did sound like helium sucking chipmunks. Well, I thought we were the Roberta Shaw Corral. I say Roberta instead of Robert Shaw because I'm a woman. <laughs> Roberta Shaw Corral. I thought Robert. we were amazing. Okay, I thought we were amazing. And then, you know, fast forward 20 years, and it's like, who was that? Mm-hmm. So we're always developing. And, and it's just as our choir song. You're glad you blamed Roberta, you know what I mean, for that sound, right? <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to no, sign your I'm name. You want to sign Roberta's name on that one. Well, the thing was, is I thought we were amazing. Sure. You know, because that's that was my that's where I was, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we got we've got to always be growing. Yeah. yeah. Always be growing. Well, and I think that's like the main say, point. Intention. The main yep. point is 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 don't stop. Right. You can never. There's no such thing as stagnant. Right. And like you no, were saying you never earlier, arrive ever. And. Uh, yeah, even Stevie, uh, you know, what Stevie told me a, a, probably a year ago, um, you know, uh, a, about relationships. I mean, Stevie is like my like guru on 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 all things, every, everything, you know. And she said, Ryan, keep us in mind. You know what? There's, you know, the universe is always expanding or contracting. And you kind of hit on it earlier, Denise. She said, if you're not growing together, you're growing apart. Uh-huh. You know, and then same thing is if you're not, if you're not expanding your mind, you know, or, or not, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse, right? There's, there's no, there's no point where it's just is. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and then the other thing that just came to me, I've got to put a, I've got to put an amen on this with give yourself grace every day yeah. too, because it's a hard profession and it's never going to go as great as you want it to. But I'm telling you, I think kids are the most forgiving, forgiving human beings that are. You can just yeah. be just horrific one day and they're like, it's okay, we'll be better tomorrow. They, they're just, I thought my men's choir was like a bunch of Labradors. They were just so sweet. Um, they were not necessarily sweet when they were learning, but when rehearsal was over, they were always like, yeah, no, we weren't that great, Mazine, but we'll be better tomorrow. You know, they, 
So they're very forgiving of us. But when they see we're trying, I think they're just as appreciative as they are yep. forgiving. Yep. And so give yourself grace. Try try to change one thing. If the one thing is to record your warm-ups and try to get the sound, make that be the best thing you can. If it's to be better at score study and really know the score in order to have great rehearsals, make it be that one step at a time. I am so. with you wholeheartedly, Denise. And thank you for that plagal cadence. Thank you for that amen. <laughs> uh, Denise, uh, you know, I know we're going to see you at TMEA. Um, obviously, we should uh, make sure that Choir Nation, you know, checks out Carl Fisher and Briley and see what they have over there. Uh, they are and not a, a sponsor new, of the podcast. Yeah, and I've got a new site reading book out. So love to come by and see it. Okay, so yeah, guys, I, I want you to know these are. I'm this is this is not a paid endorsement. Okay. Oh. Right. I I endorse Denise because I I like Denise and the things that Denise talks about and her philosophy. So, um, check out. Check out everything that's going on over in Denise's neck of the woods over, yeah, Briley and Carl Fisher. I'm assuming is is your sight reading book through through Carl Fisher? Carl Fisher, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So check check it out over there. We'll put links to some things uh, in the show notes, which is choir.ninja forward slash 157 for episode 157. Uh, if you like this episode, share it with somebody. Share it online. I would really appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, if you love somebody... You know, show them you care by by sharing the Choir Ninja uh, podcast, and also join us on Facebook in the Choir Nation Facebook group, uh, and patronize our sponsors. We have SightReadingFactory.com, which uh, I know pairs very nicely with um, your choir expanding their capabilities as far as that's concerned, and then also MyMusicFolders.com. Uh, by the way. Uh, you didn't hear this from me, but um, mymusicfolders.com is pre- pre-selling Choirs Are Horrible, uh, our choir game that literally everybody is emailing me and texting me <laughs> and is like, hey, Ryan, you know, we know each other and we go way back. So could I like maybe, I don't know, score a copy of that game that you've told the world you have none of? And like, I literally don't have one it's in it is sitting in the library of congress awaiting the copyright like it is like i don't have one so so people if you want one go to mymusicfolders.com and order one from them and then when we have them you can buy them uh and i'll we'll also be selling them when they come out as well through our own channels okay so um thank you denise thank you choir nation thank you ryan and uh, Denise, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. All right, Choir Nation, you have a wonderful day and uh, keep growing. Choir.